I'm Erin Wilson, and you are listening to Inside NC Labor, a podcast designed to inform and educate North Carolina citizens on the role that the Department of Labor plays in state government. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jennifer Haywood. I'm the Communications Director for the North Carolina Department of Labor, and I'm co-hosting today's episode with John Mallow. Hi, I'm John Mallow. I am a Public Information Officer here at the North Carolina Department of Labor. Uh, John and I are excited to introduce our guests today. We have Todd McNulty, who's the manager of our Research and Policy Bureau, and we have John Licato, who is a social research assistant within the Bureau, and he focuses on the census of fatal occupational injuries. John does a lot of really serious work and really important work, and we're really excited to learn more about that today. But why don't we just start by um, introducing each of you. Uh, Todd, you've been in your role as manager of the Bureau for several years now. Tell us a little about your background before you came to the North Carolina Department of Labor and how you found your way to your current position. Hi. uh, Thanks for having me on, Jennifer. So... I started out as a graduate student at uh, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Uh, I had an extensive background in survey research, particularly of institutions. Uh, That was kind of my area of interest. Um, And coming out of graduate school, um, I got a job in state government looking at the nursing workforce. Uh, And after that job came to work at the North Carolina Department of Labor in the research and policy, what eventually became the Research and Policy Bureau, and uh, started as a data correction specialist, um, eventually became a coder for the Survey of Occupational Injuries and Illnesses, and then found found my way as the manager of the um, Research and Policy Bureau. Your group collects two types of data, a survey of injuries and illnesses and a census of occupational fatalities. Todd. Tell us briefly the difference between these reports. Okay, uh, before I get started, I feel it's really important to mention that the Bureau of Labor Statistics loves its acronyms. Um, So in order to keep things a little bit shorter and uh, easier for everyone, uh, I think I should mention a few of the most used acronyms just so that if you hear them throughout this podcast that you'll know what we're talking about. First, of course, is Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS. Uh, When I mentioned that to my wife, she thinks I'm talking about basic life support. She's a nurse. Um, uh, But it is, for these purposes, that is BLS is the Bureau of Labor Statistics. When we are referring to the Census of Fatal Occupational Injuries, which is what John works on, we call that CFOI, C-F-O-I. And the Survey of Occupational Injuries and Illnesses is known as SOI, S-O-I-I. The difference between the two of those is that CFOI is a complete accounting of all fatal occupational injuries in North Carolina. So John keeps track of all fatal workplace injuries that occurred in North Carolina in a calendar year. The Survey of Occupational Injuries and Illnesses is a random sample survey. It is federally mandated that uh, we survey thousands of establishments in North Carolina in all different industries, including industries that OSH might not normally have jurisdiction over. And we use that to produce estimates of incidence rates and counts of non-fatal workplace injuries and illnesses in a calendar year. So the difference is that the census is a full and complete accounting of workplace injury fatalities 
and the the soy the survey produces estimates based on a random sample survey of thousands of establishments of non-fatal workplace injuries and illnesses all right that makes sense thanks todd for explaining that and also thanks for explaining the acronyms i think it's not uh, limited to bls i think all of government in general shares that love for acronyms um john uh todd kind of set us up pretty well to get into what exactly it is you do on an everyday basis but could you tell us just a little bit about your background and how you got into this current position sure yeah um my name is John Licato, and after uh, after high school, I decided to join the Marine Corps, and I was served in the Marine Corps for six years, was in Desert Storm, and then after I got out of the Marine Corps, I uh, got a couple of jobs and decided I needed to go to college, so I went to UNC Greensboro and received my bachelor's degree in recreation, parks, and tourism, and also worked on the campus there as the scanning coordinator. So everyone that did the bubble sheets with their exams, um, I, I scanned those. So um, I did that while I was going to school. And I wanted to work for the North Carolina Zoo, so I did my internship with the North Carolina Zoo. Loved it. They offered me a position, but it was a seasonal position, and I couldn't afford to live on a seasonal position without benefits. So. Um, in the middle of my internship, I applied to the North Carolina Department of Labor. Which is similar to working in a zoo, by the way. <laughs> so, four months later, I heard from the North Carolina Department of Labor. I got the job, and so, since I could never be a Janet Jackson backup dancer, um, <laughs> I, I took this job instead. So, um, I started on the soy side when I, when I got here, and I did that for three years, and then I moved over to the CFOI, the fatality side, and I've been doing that for 13 years now. Wow, okay. 13 years, you've been here a long time. Well, I've been here 16, but I was 13 with um, CFOI and okay. three with soy. So you're responsible for the CFOI side of the Bureau. Tell our listeners what that means. Uh, what sort of data are you collecting? Well, it's with BLS in Washington, D.C. Um, we produce comprehensive, accurate, and timely counts of fatal work injuries. Um, the CFOI is a federal-state cooperative program that is implemented in all 50 states and also Washington, D.C., and we, they started that in 1992. And my data is issued annually for the preceding calendar year. John, why is it so important for our state to collect this information? and? Who, who is this information available to? Okay. Well, uh, why it's so important, um, the data is used by uh, safety and health policy analysts and researchers to help prevent fatal work uh, injuries by, and we, they try to inform workers of life-threatening hazards associated with various jobs, um, promote safer work practices through enhanced uh, safety training and also improves workplace safety standards and who can use this well you guys know reporters OSH academics safety managers employers employees anyone interested can uh, use this data and if you want to go to see our data um, it's at bls.gov forward slash IIF forward slash oshstate.htm. Or just call John directly. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually a cool website on BLS. You click on North Carolina State and it shows all our data. It's it's actually really cool. I like it. It is really cool. I will I will back John up on that. You yeah. can go on to that and you can it it drills down into really fine details about what you're it's simple for like everybody to just look at the data too it's mm -hmm. not so complex you click on the state you click on whatever year you want with either soy or CFOI, and it shows you you know the vitality rate or the uh, soy rate so mm -hmm. yeah, right I like exactly it. so how many people were included in your figures for 2020 also can you help us to put that into context so how common is it for someone to die on the job Okay, um, for 2020, uh, the data in 2020, our numbers for North Carolina were 189 fatal work injuries for the year. Per the North Carolina Department of Commerce last June, we had, one, we had over 4.7 million people employed in North Carolina. So out of that 4.7 million, 80,300 had non-fatal uh, injuries and illnesses for 2020. And then if you come down to the fatalities, there was 189 fatalities. So out of 4.7 million people, we had 189 uh, fatalities for the year or workplace injuries. So it's not common. It's not common to die in the workplace. It just isn't. And I think, I think that's good for listeners to hear. I mean, yeah. no workplace fatality is acceptable to us, but I think it's important to hear that number in the context of how many millions of people in North Carolina go to work every yes. day. And I think that is a reflection of how generally safe it is to go to work every day in North Carolina yes. and, and in the United States. Well, but since we are talking about those um, 189 workplace deaths what what is the most common cause of those fatalities and are there certain industries that appear to be more hazardous than others oh yes okay the most common cause of death um, in 2020 was transportation incidents which accounted for about 40 percent of all workplace fa uh, fatal injuries in 2020 second was exposure to harmful substances or environment um, accounted for 19%, which that is the drug overdoses. Okay. Drug overdoses have just skyrocketed each year since I've been doing this, last year in particular. So, we hear a lot about that in the media. Yeah, I don't think that's, you know, for that to be our second most common cause of death now, is that's not good. Um, it accounted for 19%. And then third, was the most common cause of death was falls, slips, or trips, and that accounted for 15%. Uh, of the fatalities. The industries with the largest uh, fatal work injuries, number one, construction, and then second, transportation, and then third was manufacturing. And I did want to uh, also say the occupations with the largest number of workplace fatal injuries. Number one, grounds um, maintenance workers, landscapers. The second was carpenters. Third was laborers and material movers, and then fourth, it was they were so close was agriculture workers, roofers, and construction laborers. Mm -hmm. So those are the largest number of workplace with occupation. That's interesting. I mean, I, I think most people would assume something like construction would be high hazard, but I don't know that I would have thought that you know landscaping and groundskeeping would oh. have made the top of the list. Oh yes, 
Riding lawnmowers are so dangerous. No, you're right. Oh, you're they're right. so dangerous. I'm not kidding. Rollover so, incidents. Yeah, be careful on your lawnmowers and your tractors, please. Thank so. you for that public service announcement. <laughs> and that goes for whether you are working on the job or working in your yes, just, yard at just home. Just be a little, just be cautious. I mean, it, just be careful, be, uh, please. So. Well, I just on a kind of a side note, I can speak from experience. I did landscaping for uh, summer when I was in my 20s, and I don't know if, if having heat related, that would go more on the uh, the soy. Actually, actually, I will talk about that because a little I bit later. Because I suffered a uh, heat stroke mm-hmm. uh, oh, ended wow. up in the hospital overnight. With, I didn't uh, know that. Yep. Yeah, severe dehydration, and it, it, it's so easy to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sweating all day, especially in the humidity here in North Carolina. So I can I can speak from experience on how how dangerous it can be. Uh, not just working around the actual power tools and powered equipment, but just the environmental conditions. I, I will touch base on heat-related because that that does fall into an injury. I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later, though. So uh, walk us through the steps of coding a fatality from the point at which you are notified of the fatality uh, or a potential workplace fatality uh, until you investigate, code the information, and close the file. This is a long process to code one case. So um, I have to collect all my source documents, which there are pretty much three categories where I collect the data daily, and then I receive things weekly, source documents, and then monthly reports as well. So daily I receive state OSH fatality reports on a flow basis. Um, the medical examiner report, toxicology report, autopsy report, I get those um, daily on a flow basis. Uh, the news media reports, I search the internet every single morning for obits and just stories and accidents and things like that. And I also look at it's, it's uh, onlinenewspapers.com. It's a site that lists all the North Carolina newspapers on this one site. So I'm clicking all the time looking for fatalities on that on that site. It's actually a pretty good site, but over the years, the you have to pay subscription to a lot of the newspapers, so it's not as... It's not as great as it used to be, but it, I still get a lot of information off of that. Uh, also, I obtain DMV crash reports, and that's from a transportation accidents. That's daily. So then weekly, I check public source sites um, like the Officer Down Memorial page for police officers, the Security Officer Down website. There's a weekly toll page on a Facebook. Someone created this Facebook page, and it lists all the fatalities for that week throughout America uh, and that's actually very helpful. I look at the firefighter line of duty deaths um, website, the Federal Railroad Administration website and the U.S. Department of Labor Fatality Inspection website and then the NTSB which is NTSB which is National Transportation Safety Board and that's for my helicopter and my airplane crashes. Then monthly, <laughs> I know this is a lot, sorry. Um, monthly, I receive workers' compensation reports, uh, state agency health fatality reports. They send that to me once a month, and North Carolina VADA records so I can get my death certificates. And I also request police reports. Um, and then if I don't still have enough information, I send out a questionnaire to the informant or either the employer and try to get more information on that. And the national office also sends, um, out of D.C., they also send quarterly reports, and I match those up. And then 
last but not least, sorry people, um, I get Coast Guard reports um, and then the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration from the BLS. So once I get a lot of the sources, I won't have all those because it takes months and months to get a lot of the sources. Once I have enough uh, sources, then I can start creating a, a case. And then my system is the CFOI web. It's on the federal computer I use. I key in the demographics, the incident, what happened, uh, the employment, where they worked, special studies tab. Uh, it tells me if there was alcohol or drugs involved. And then there's a comment section, which I use that often. And then I write a narrative um, on what exactly happened. And we use this manual that's probably as large as two phone books. And um, what's a phone book? I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> In the '80s, that's what we lived by. Um, but yeah, it's like two large phone books, and I do it online now. I mean, I can use it online, but it's pretty thick, and it tells us all the coding for every single like, like the uh, the vent, the source, the part of the body, like everything. So it it. It, it, it's a lot um, so once I code and get everything completed then I release it to I have a regional office rep um, well or a regional office in Atlanta Georgia so I, then I send it to them and then they will do a review that's a long process I know I know that well, I, no, that that's not a <laughs> criticism at all that's oh. a very very in-depth process and and just ensuring that everything is properly accounted for and I've thought this before but it sounds very much like the work you do is sort of like a detective. Yes, I'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Okay, well, I, I, I won't steal your thunder there. No, no, no. I mean, I just comment. Like, it's a very, it's like an investigative mm -hmm. type position. It is, very yeah, much so. Yeah. Well, earlier we talked about um, the most common cause of, of death in your 2020 numbers. Well, one thing that brought to my mind was, of course, everyone since 2020 has been thinking about COVID. I didn't hear you say anything about COVID in those numbers. Do you all, are COVID-related fatalities included in your count? No, CFOI, uh, we do not report any illness-related information, including COVID-19. We, we, it's never been in scope to include illnesses, and, and so COVID-19 does not fall into um, the CFOI. But it does fall into the soy side. And so, uh, continuing with that line, uh, Todd, is that different for the soy side? Uh, it sounds like that, that it is regarding covid Yes, uh, SOI is the Survey of Occupational Injuries and Illnesses, so that does include COVID-19 or any illness that one might contract and uh, that has uh, that is non-fatal in the workplace. Uh, so tuberculosis, COVID-19, you name it. If it is a non-fatal workplace incident, that goes in and is reported on SOI. So we do collect that information, we do report that information for the Survey of Occupational Injuries and Illnesses. Um, so originally that seemed confusing, but now that you've sort of carried that logic through with the actual name of the survey versus the census, that makes sense. So thank you for explaining that. Um, John, you mentioned the, the DAP review, but um, Todd, does, does anyone, I, I assume someone from the federal government probably takes a look at the work you do. Does anyone officially review or audit your work? The work of the Research and Policy Bureau uh, on the Occupational Safety and Health Statistics Program is extensively reviewed. At the, at the regional office level, we work with the Atlanta Regional Office of BLS, 
at the national level. Uh, again, as John discussed, there is what is known as a data acceptance program that uh, regional BLS conducts annually where they look at all of his coded cases that he is ready for to release for review. They go through every single one of them. They code them themselves to see if there is uh, agreement in coding, agreement in how they interpret the narratives, uh, and that there is consistency in how they would code it versus how North Carolina codes it. He receives constant feedback on CFOI from the regional and not national offices requesting clarification. For example, what sort of handgun was used here? What was the caliber of the handgun? Um, it, because these are levels that we can code to that. And so they will inquire, well, you didn't mention that there was a particular type of, you just mentioned firearm. Was there a particular type of handgun? Is there a police report that you can look at that will prompt further investigation and uh, a search for more sources to get more refined information? So there's a constant feedback, especially on the, on the CFOI side, between the regional, national offices, and the state level working from the state level up and from the national and regional offices down, asking questions, inquiring for further information, and reviewing the information that John has submitted. On the SOI side, there are monthly uh, quality assurance checks. So the regional office in Atlanta will contact respondents that we have contacted. If we've keyed something in by fax or received a response by phone, they will contact respondents randomly to inquire just to make sure that the information we collected is accurate. Uh, that the facts that we had copied off of that we did so accurately. Um, they will review our estimates. So we receive uh, large reports of primary and secondary estimates reviews based on as we progress through the survey period. Uh, we can look at how, we, how our estimates look as we add more data and areas that we need to focus on in order to improve the quality of the data that we're collecting. We also receive numerous reports throughout the year uh, looking at our coding um, so we'll receive a report saying, hey, we looked at your coding and we noticed that there's a, a few things here that maybe you put a sprain instead of a strain because the code is one digit off between a sprain and a strain. Um, so perhaps go look at your narratives. Maybe you accidentally keyed a sprain instead of a strain or vice versa. Um, so again, we have multiple reviews of that to make sure that our coding is accurate as well. So it is an extensive process, again, from the state level up to the regional and national office levels and from the national and regional office levels down to the state level, asking for clarification and looking at our data um, every single year. Um, so it goes through many eyes, many reviews, both on the CFOI and SOI sides. Well, and I'm going to put in a personal plug for you guys here because I do actually have the opportunity to receive feedback from BLS about your performance. And uh, I will just tell anyone who cares at all that North Carolina is the standard bearer on both the CFOI and the SOI side of things. Um, we always receive incredibly positive feedback from our auditors, from our partners at BLS, and you guys do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. John, you spend much of your day reviewing things like medical examiner reports. How do you take your emotion out of the work and simply look at these reports from an objective uh, standpoint? It's hard to take emotion out of uh, many of the cases because they're so tragic. And But I have to tell myself that the data I collect prevents fatalities in the workplace and I can hopefully promote uh, 
safer work practices and inform workers of life-threatening hazards uh, with their jobs. You make a great point because that is the mission overall of the North Carolina Department of Labor and Federal OSHA and BLS is ultimately to prevent these things from happening in the first place and you play a really critical role in that. John, just ending this on a light note, what's your favorite part about the job? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Other than us that you work with. <laughs> well, um, I like that each case is different for the most part so it's it's an interesting job it keeps me on my toes I'll say that um, and it's a sort of like an investigator type job what we mentioned earlier um, and I do like that once I receive all the source documents I have to figure out exactly what happened and um, with a fatality so I put all the pieces together like a puzzle write my narrative for the review and then Hopefully, um, you know, I produce a high quality data for North Carolina. But I did want to mention this part. Um, some cases that I get are vague with the details since many of our cases are out of the North Carolina Department of Labor jurisdiction. And I don't, I don't always receive a, um, an inspection report on those cases. So, but I record all North Carolina workplace fatal injuries and I, tr I even track the illnesses the, the illness fatalities as well and just to verify that that illness um, was not an injury related case we talked about it earlier with your heat related um, for example when it's when it lists a heart attack as the initial fatal uh, on the fatality report I request an in, a medical examiner report or the death certificate just to verify and a lot of times those come back that it's heat related when it's a heat-related incident, it switches over to an injury. So I code those, and those are part of my count. Same thing with a lot of times they say, oh, they had a heart attack in their, and they were sitting in their car. I get the medical examiner report back, and I go, oh, my gosh, it wasn't a heart attack. It was a drug overdose. Which drug overdoses carry over to the CFOI side? So, um, so I track everything just to make sure I'm capturing all North Carolina fatalities for that year um, and it it's a lot of work but I just want to make sure I'm capturing every all the fatalities I can in North Carolina and give a true accurate count for for North Carolina uh, it sounds like you go above and beyond what kind of the basic requirements are for well the regional rep um, he trained me Reggie uh, and he trained me so thorough and the other rep that comes here from Atlanta, Anissa, trained with me, and she's very thorough. So all three of us just, we all think very similar. And so it's a thorough job with us three. So anything else you'd like to share with our listeners, uh, either Todd or John, any uh, closing remarks? I just want to thank everybody for the opportunity to talk about the Occupational Safety and Health Statistics Program and CFOI in particular. I think that this is an, an extremely important program, um, not just for North Carolina, but nationally as well. I think it saves lives and it makes our workplaces safer. And uh, the work that we do, we're, we're very proud of, of being able to produce this information on behalf of North Carolina. We work hard to make sure it is as accurate as possible. Um, and so we really appreciate the opportunity to come here today and discuss this with, with all of you. Um, it, it's an honor and a privilege. Thank you. Thanks, Todd. John, anything else? Well, I thank you guys also. Uh, but I just wanted to 
say this please be extra careful when you guys are climbing on your ladders at home oh my gosh ladders are so dangerous um please when you're cleaning your gutters and trimming your trees just be careful also when you're using any type of saw just be careful please be careful with your saws and um just when you're driving just be a little bit more cautious because we want everybody to stay safe I, I totally agree with that. You know, if you just slow down and take a few minutes of extra time, I think I'd much rather, you know, waste a few minutes of my day than have some sort of life-altering injury. So, Yeah, because so. it can change so quickly. I see it every, leaning on my desk all the time. So just be careful, people. Just stay safe. Thank you, John. That's a, that's a great point. We really appreciate both Todd and John, you uh, spending a few minutes with us today. Um, we here are all very proud of the work you do, and um, you provide an excellent service both to um, the citizens of North Carolina and all interested parties. So thank you for your time, and uh, you all have a great day. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. You, you, too. you too. Thanks so much for tuning in, y'all. And remember, your safety is our priority. <laughs>